everybody. Welcome back to the Flexible Dieting Podcast. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Kevin Brunacini and Austin Kiergaard. Today, we want to hit the topic of hunger management, which as I prepared for this, I thought of a handful of things that I think prioritize exactly. You guys are going to start with this already. <laughs> here, come, here comes the phallic jokes as we roll the microphone into, could it be any bigger right beside your face there, Austin? <laughs> I know. I noticed that both of you have your microphones in your camera, and I'm like, huh. Maybe I should move mine over. All right. I'm going to join the Cool Kids Club. I'm going to make sure my microphone is right up in the camera. Make, yeah, put mine right here. Okay. <laughs> like, so I can be like Austin. All right. We have to be non-traditional here. I'm sorry. That's right. It was a beautiful so, uh, intro, Joe. So take two. <laughs> we'll get started. <laughs> no, no. Roll with it. Roll with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, this is good. Um, hunger is something that I, I think we could spend multiple, multiple times talking about. But I, I do want everybody, if, if you're going to take notes on this and, and you're listening and you're really curious, like I really need to get my hunger under control, write these five things down. You have to first have the right amount of food in your diet. You can't be too hypocaloric. Uh, and, and those calories should break out into a, a good hunger favorable macronutrient distribution, which we'll touch on a little bit. Meal spacing can be an issue and there are options as we talk about the differences between intermittent fasting and so forth. Sleep is huge. If you're not getting enough sleep, you will get destroyed with hunger and there is a neurobiological component to that. Food quality can be an issue for some people. So People still like to dredge up things like the glycemic index and the insulin model and so forth. And there is some, some validity to that. And then you really have to give your body a chance physiologically to adapt to better levels of uh, glucose disposal. You have to become better at, at fat adaptation or lipolysis. And that, that happens over time. So you can expect as you get healthier, more consistent for, for hunger to really be more manageable. So out of those five categories that I just pulled up, Kevin, what, what what do you think are the ones that hit clients the most? Or that if you had to prioritize those, how would you do that? I would say sleep. Um, the a lot of past clients are are female and they're in the in the medical field. So you can expect some type of scheduling wonkiness and just inconsistency or irregular irregular scheduling just because of the right of the work we do. But um, as noble as it is to always help others, if, if they're putting their, themselves on the back burner when it comes to sleep, rest, in terms of exercise rest, but just sleep, rest, stress management as a big umbrella term, things are going to catch up with them in time or just make the process more difficult and slower. Um, but that's, it's a hard thing to, it's a hard thing to get across because, you know, it's, it's work. You have to do what you got to do, but we can't, we can't neglect the basics of how important sleep or rest, stress management, all that is in the grand scheme, easier said than done when we're trying to deal with it. But, um, what I find is you know, when I say stress management, rest, you know, like the hypervigilant state of always being on the go and not just taking time to just pause can lead to a lot of impulsivity. Um, I know we've been talking about in the research reviews with the importance of what that can insinuate, but um, yeah, that'd be the biggest variable uh, really covering those three things. 
It, it's cool that you picked that one up because everybody would instantly go to the food things like technical. Here's how to diet. But I, I've read studies where if you get five hours of sleep or less regularly, you have a 68% higher chance of obesity because of that high cortisol level, which increases hunger and so forth. Uh, if you miss an entire night of sleep, like you just skip one night, your immune system function is down measurably by about 50%. Those are those are metabolic states, you know, down to the cellular level, which really do decrease your, your metabolic capacity at the cellular level, increase mm -hmm. hunger, impulsivity, as you said, your brain in that that vigilant state wants sugar, you know, that's kind of the, the soothing part of what the brain seeks. Uh, how about you, Austin, as, as a dietitian and somebody who is uh, also coaching prolifically, you know, what, what do you do to help your clients mitigate hunger? Uh, I, I go through pretty much those those five things that you discussed joe the things that i notice the most often are sleep for sure like their sleep just is off maybe because they're working 12 hour shifts or they got a newborn or something their sleep has just been disrupted the other one i notice a lot of is stress um a lot of people in those situations seem to also be in very high stress situations and so we talk about like just kind of stress management and and kind of coming up with some ways to go about handling those things. And then the third thing for me is the, yeah, that I go and look at the food, you know, like, are you getting enough fiber? Are you getting enough water? Cause mm. there's some people that they get enough fiber, but they don't have enough water. So then they're not getting enough stuff to help shuttle those things around. Um, right so I, I look at my list. That was a, that was a strong one. Number six water. Yeah. That's the, those, those are some of the most common things that I see and just have those conversations and then try to give tangible things, obviously. And, and so on that topic, it's like how much fluid, um, you know, I, I sure Kevin has probably late to this as well in the clinical setting and stuff. Like we're always pushing at least like one mil per K cal type of a thing. So if you're eat, eating 2000 calories, 2000 milliliters, two liters at the very least to consume, there's also the old eight to 10 glasses of water a day. Um, so making sure people are kind of falling within those ranges and some of that varies, you know, depending on, you know, if they're exercising intensely, cause then you have sweat loss, so you have water loss, all that type of stuff. But anyways, for this sake, for this topic, those are the things I try to, you know, focus on. You guys already touched on sleep, which I do talk about. The other ones are stress, stress management and, and what their fluid and fiber intake is like. Mm -hmm. and, and going back to the one that I put first, which is just simply having the right amount of food and the right distribution of macronutrients. I have a lot of clients who fit into this category where they just think, man, like, let's go. Let, like, I, If Joe thinks this is what I should do, I'm going to even improve on that. And they start eating less. A lot of people try to, quote, save calories because, man, if I can just – I'm not that hungry during the day, so maybe I can kind of get ahead of the game. And, and then by evening, they're just crushed with hunger, and they typically overeat. So I, I tell clients a lot – I would much rather you have a good planned amount of food than an unplanned catastrophe. And so there is a point where you say, I, I don't want you to feel like you have to eat on a schedule. And I don't want you to feel like you have to eat if you're not hungry. But there's also the other side of that coin, which is if you don't stay ahead of hunger, if you don't anticipate that, like you, you delay or skip a meal or a snack because you think I'm not that hungry – then with your schedule, you physically can't eat for another three hours, and then it's all of a sudden you're making poorer decisions and you just can't catch up on hunger. So do, do you guys, uh, Kevin, back to being lenient or kind of strict as a coach, how, how do you try to help people stay in line with a certain calorie intake or or not? 
would say I'm, I don't know if strict is the best term, but I would say I'm, uh, I'm proactive with when it comes to hunger cues, just because I am, I, that is a big fear or has been in the past, especially with travel and being in a, nothing, nothing more anxious to me than being in a, on a plane and, and hunger coming aboard and I can't do anything about it. Uh, then I'm, then I'm worried about headaches and that's a whole lost cause at that point. But, um, yeah, I like to be proactive with, with those because most clients are thinking like you or thinking like your clients, where if I can get a, if I can not deal with hunger, then I'll be ahead of the game, but it usually backfires and bites him in the ass later. And it's, it's a matter of creating structure enough of it to assist the process. So understanding that it's, it's okay. You know, you, it's, it's, it's just to keep hunger ahead of the hunger curves because they all know they've been through it. That once you go through that process, it's hard to recover either from a hunger standpoint or just from behavioral. If you've made a poor choice, quote unquote, then it's hard to take that back. And I do find that when people go back to just classic rigid forms of dieting where it's like, oh, hey, it's it's been three hours. It's time to eat. I'm not saying you have to do that, but those people who have higher levels of structure, they they don't have as many stumbles just because the system is kind of built in place and those guardrails are up. But I, I still like to leave room for some intuition as you're describing. And, you know, I, I want to teach them that form of self-management uh, Austin, when it comes to food quality, are you somebody who really dictates like, man, you can't eat that, right? Like what fruity pebbles for breakfast? Come on, man, get, get your steel cut oats, you know, like, like, how are you on the difference between food quality and some indulgence and managing that whole ball of wax with, uh, with hunger, especially. Well, this is the flexible dieting podcast. So, I mean, I'm, I'm about flexibility, uh, when, when it makes sense. Uh, because I always look at who am I working with? There's different people in different situations, right? Um, as we've been talking about this this whole time, I'm kind of picturing somebody that's maybe in like a weight loss phase that their calories are getting a little bit lower. So their hunger is going up, right? Graylin and leptin levels have shifted a bit and they start to, to just crave more foods. So there are things where it's like, yeah, if you can fit some fruity pebbles in and that helps curb your appetite and, and, and allows you to kind of stay on track, that's fantastic. When I look at people's hunger though, I also try to preach just volume-based foods. So your fruits and your vegetables, I'm like, those are going to be very filling and, and lower calorie and you're going to be very satiated. And that, you know, may carry you for a longer period of time. However, uh, if you're just to your, to both of your points, if you're not that hungry, I mean, I, I'm all for like not making, t not having like force feed yourself. Like if you're not hungry at three hours, well then wait an extra hour or two, or just kind of wait until you're starting to feel like you can get that food in. And then at the same time, stay ahead of it. Like you guys have mentioned, like, don't let it drift too far. This goes back to prepping and planning, whether it's having a snack with you on the airplane or having some piece of fruit nearby with, you know, a string cheese stick, just having something close. It doesn't have to be super fancy. So I'm very big with food quality to answer your question, Joe, but I'm also a fan of making sure that uh, we are enjoying some of the things because I believe that, that that's a big thing when we're trying to eat and manage hunger. Like people want things that are very palatable, right? We, we want those things, but all at the same time that can also drive up hunger. Um, so we need to make sure we add some bulk and some substance to the meal. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. So I, I I'm in between and, and, and I like using 
different foods, fruity pebbles, uh, you know, when, when it makes sense. And that's where it's just getting feedback from the client. You should see if we can get us sponsored by Fruity Pebbles now. I think we should. I think we've talked. And Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah. Don't forget CTC. The... What is that? Cement Toast Crunch. Oh, yeah. That, there is some, there's like a coffee with that or something I, I saw recently. <laughs> there's like a Reese's. Oh, no, it's a drink. Beer. It's a drink. In bartending school, there's a Cinnamon Toast Crunch shot. Uh, it's like a college party shot. That's what it is. Sounds like me. It's got like, like Jägermeister in it or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I try it. You got, you guys seriously, man. You, now that I'm a licensed bartender, you need to hang around me a little more often. It, it's it's a lot more fun. You're a bad influence. It's gonna be very interesting. <laughs> it's gonna be a very interesting podcast. Well, let me let me wrap us up with a couple notes. First of all, with that that whole point of quality <clears throat> and uh, just structure versus flexibility, we did a research review yesterday where a study looked at that. And people who had rigid meal planning where the researchers gave them the actual food for an entire year, these are all your pre-packaged meals for an entire year versus people who got the exact same instructions. This is how much you're going to eat and so forth. Here's the literal money. You just go buy your own food and make it yourself. The people with the highest structure had 300 to 350% better results and three to four times the compliance. So structure is still important. You know, get the structure, high quality food, a good schedule you can rely on. Then with that foundation, you employ the flexibility that you need. And I'll give you an example. It's Saturday morning. So um, I like to do things a little different. It's like the weekend. Yay, do something kind of indulgent. So for breakfast this morning, Tracy last night had made some chocolate chip cookies. I had a great hot cup of coffee. And instead of my normal oatmeal and fruit and protein powder, I'm like, you know, what goes great on a cold morning with coffee, you know, in, in on a 25 degree day? Cookies. So I had two little chocolate chip cookies with my coffee, knowing that normally I might do something like that pre-workout. I'm going to do this now while I can sit down and enjoy it with my wife. And then, you know, I'll just absorb that into the rest of the day. I'll still have a high structured rest of the day. So I, I think that's how you can, can mitigate hunger and just manage the whole day. But the final point is this. There are two quotes that I've stated in books that get repeated back to me more than any other. One is a little hunger is not going to kill you. Like, you got you got to expect that and you've got to be okay with that. You've got to mentally be okay with that. The other is in your day, in your process of being in a calorie deficit, you have to pick the time when you're going to pay the price. So combine those two quotes. You're going to have a little hunger. You pick the context in which you're going to pay that price. And so it may be that this is where I'm going to extend my meal window a little bit. I know I'm going to be a little hungry or I'm going to not have any carbs with that meal. I'm going to have just a chicken breast salad or something. And there's just some way where you say, okay, this is when I'm getting the job done. So you have to manage hunger, but expect it and know how to manage it. So thanks, guys. We will see you next time with another good topic in the Flexible Dieting Podcast. 